You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Tom, as you know, I am a fantastic cook. But I tell you what makes it even easier to do your cooking, Green Chef. So you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. Billy, you are a fantastic chef, I agree. Green Chef's keto and paleo options give you the premium proteins and vital veggies you need to conquer your day. I love all the options they provide. And with their always-changing variety with easy-to-make recipes, I never get bored with what I'm eating. Go to greenchef.com slash onion130 and use code onion130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. That's right. Go to greenchef.com slash onion130 and use the code onion130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. The number one meal kit for eating well. Harmonize with me and hold me tight all through the night. You're shining bright. I'm your oyster, baby. You're my pearl. Well, hello. Uh, hello, Dom. Nice to see you on How, the computer. Well, it's lovely to see you, Dom. I've, I've been looking forward to this. I really have. Me too. But I was hoping to see you in the studio, to be honest. Yeah, well, should we tell people why maybe they're hearing the the sound a little different or why they're seeing us a little different this week. We we decided to uh, just be a little diligent about the COVID numbers in California and, and record the podcast remotely. So hopefully that's okay with everyone. Yeah, just try to keep everyone safe. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll still, we'll have a fantastic show, Dom, because uh, I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks because of all this uh, Christmas and New Year palaver. And, uh, and you've been off, haven't you? Which is another reason because you've been traveling around on airplanes, etc. So tell us, where have you been? I took myself to Costa Rica, Central oh. America, one of my favorite countries. I know you love it too. You went there relatively recently as well. Um, Don, Don. Yeah. I've, I've never been. Oh, where did you go surfing with Jack? Mexico. Mexico. Ah, copy that. Oh, I've you... never been to Costa Rica. I've been, exp- I've been waiting for you to buy me a trip. I will. At least a flight. Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, well, it was it was great that, as you know, you know, obviously crazy worldwide numbers of uh, COVID. Unfortunately, my brother and his family got COVID. So <clears throat> I wasn't able to go back to Spain or Manchester for Christmas. So the great thing about Costa Rica is it really ticks a lot of boxes that I'm quite interested in. Surfing, yoga, yeah. Yeah. jungles. Yeah. Um, animals. It's like living yeah. in New Costa Rica. It's, it's an extraordinary part of the world. Went surfing quite a lot. Uh, found a whole bunch of really fun animals, made some new friends, and um, got back yesterday. Dom, sounds fantastic. Did Go you have on. a nice time? I had a brilliant time, yeah. Um, saw some really fun animals. When, when, it's, it's interesting to go surfing on your own. You've been surfing on your own before, right? I have, yeah. It's just, it's an interesting thing, right? I was talking to our friend Nigel about it. When I've been surfing, 
with you, who is my main kind of surfing pal, and Nigel and maybe a couple of other people over the years, it becomes much more of a of a social thing where let's say you might be sitting out for five minutes or so to catch your breath, but you're watching your friends surf and everyone's making noises because they've caught a wave or maybe someone's got a really crazy wipeout and you're all having fun with them. When I've gone surfing on my own, it became much more of a kind of regimented thing of like get in, grab your waves and get out. I probably didn't surf for any more than an hour each time, paddled out, and I thought, right, okay, I'm going to get at least five waves. If I get more than that, brilliant. And then after five waves, I think, how am I feeling? Yeah, I feel good. Right, I'm hungry. I'm going in. It's more of a mechanical thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that is quite social, isn't it? It's nice to kind of be with your friends when you're surfing, you know? Did you go surfing over the Christmas period? I know the water's a bit cold, right? It's freezing, Tom. It's, but also, it was raining. And as you know... Uh, when it rains in California, uh, you you can't you can't go surfing for a few days because the rain goes down all the sewage and and basically it, it creates brown water they call it. Shy you don't want to you don't want to be surfing in there, Tom, because you'll get all sorts of things: stomach bugs, hepatitis. You'll end up with jobbies in your ears. You don't want that, Tom. No, you don't want so that. So every time it stopped raining, it would uh, we'd give it the seventy-two hours to give it, and then it would rain again. So I haven't been suffering for a while, to be honest. You got to be careful in those situations as well, because I know that you are a very occasional cigar smoker, like every you know once every few years or so. And if you were in the water and you accidentally mistook uh, mm. a shite for a cigar, mm. you might grab hold of it out of the water and try and light it, and then you don't want to try. No, you don't, because if somebody had a lighter in, in the water and lit that, you could you could have smoked half of it before you've noticed. Yeah, true. I, I feel like cigars taste like shit anyway, so you're up halfway there, you know. Yeah, you're all right then. Um, and what about, did you buy yourself any Christmas gifts? Did you get anything interesting for Christmas? I bought myself a trip to Costa Rica. That was my Christmas gift. Well, that's lovely. I just I, I I waited for other people to buy me gifts, and I'll, I'll tell you what I got, Tom. I got um, I got uh, a new pair of sneakers. Absolutely lovely, Tom. What color? I think you'll like them. They're many colors. Oh, and they're kind of. I'll show you them. I think you'll like them, so they're good. And then the family got this thing. Seems like a family present, I think, and it's one of these guns. That you you after after you've worked out of that it kind of massage it as a massage gun, and and you, you put it on your thighs and your and your calves, and uh, as you know, Dom, I've been working on my thighs and my buttocks mm. to try in some way uh, mitigate my painful knee. Mm. So um, I've been doing squats and 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 deadlifts and all that, and then when I'm finished, I get this this therapy gun. And I, oh, I get into my thighs, Dom, into my thighs. Mm-hmm. Is it it's like painful? But, it's like a nice, but, nice pain. Dom. Yeah, like painful in a in a way that you kind of enjoy, like like when you got a cut on the side of your mouth, and you yeah. and every so often you kind of touch it, or if you've got a bruise on your leg and you keep pressing, yeah. is it like that? Yeah, it's like having a loose tooth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shaking it, shaking it, and uh, I put it on my buttocks as well, Dom. I, right. I get it on my buttocks and I. I fire it quite hard at the cheeks of my bum. Do you do that yourself or do you ask your wife to fire the gun at you? 
Um, I, just, I just do it myself at the moment. I, uh, it's not as easy. But, yeah, I might get other people involved. I might ask you. I might bring it into the Friendship Onion. We can have a go. Yeah, I'll do everything apart from your buttocks. How's that? No, it's good. No, that's actually the hardest part. I'd like you to do the buttocks. I don't know. But here's another gift I got, Dom, yeah, which is brilliant, because we're talking about surfing. My family, very kindly, got me a new wetsuit. Oh, nice. Because, as you see, the water's getting kind of cold, you know. And the last few times I went surfing uh, before Christmas there, I've only got a 3-2 wetsuit. So for people who, who are connoisseurs of wetsuits, they come in millimetres. So a 3-2 is like three millimetres over your chest and, and, and your body, and then maybe two millimetres on your arms. Make it easier to paddle, I suppose. But I really need a 4-3 because it's getting cold out there. Tom. So uh, they got me a 4-3, but wait here, this time. It's, I'm I'm used to having the the zip up the back. I've always yeah. had zips in my wetsuit, but this one, it's, it's not got the zip. So basically, it's just got the neck, and you've got to somehow get yourself, your whole self, in in through the neck of a wetsuit. And uh, and so Christmas Day, I'm I'm naked in the front room, and heaters on, and I'm sweating. And I've got this 4-3, and I'm I'm feeding myself through, like, basically like uh, Terminator 2. I'm melting myself into this wetsuit through the neck. And then you pull it up like this, and you pull it up, and then you pull another bit over the back, and you put your head through as if you're being born again. And then you've got a tiny little zip here. And uh, I got it all on, and I was like, yeah, that fits, that's it. We're good. We're good to go. Getting it off done. That that's another that's a whole other story. Yeah. I think you had a wetsuit with this, didn't you? I did yeah, I had the kind of scoop it over yeah. and then you put a thing you put a thing here and then you put a thing yeah. here. That was my one. My God. But getting it off, you've got to get your pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thumb in and you just like this and you just get a shoulder out. By the way, if you ever, if you ever wear something off the shoulder, I was told by a model once that it'll take 10 years off you just like that. What made you look younger? You do look younger, actually. You look like you're in the 1980s video immediately. Right? So, But anyway, I couldn't get it off. So I don't know what's going to happen when I go to the water. I'll have to go with friends because there's no way I'll get it off. Well, I was going to say, de- taking a dry wetsuit off is significantly easier, I think, than taking a wet one off that when your hands are all cold and yeah. freezing and 
That's going to be fun. There was a trick. Remember the trick that they taught us where you get it off one shoulder and you get right. as much of your arm off as possible and then you take this arm and you jam it in and you use this arm to push that arm off. Do you remember that trick? No, but I, yeah. I will use it. So you get, is... you get you try and create a little bit of slack here and then when right. you get okay. here, this arm. Oh, yeah, how does it go? This arm. <laughs> He goes, he goes in here, in here like that. That's what he does. He goes in here, and then it pulls. In there. That's the trick. Dom, I've just remembered a story from New Zealand uh, when we were talking there. Do you remember? We, we'd just taken up surfing, so we're really passionate about it and loving it. And a friend of mine, Paul Riley, came to visit. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. So Paul Riley... For anyone uh, who doesn't know, is a, a fantastic actor, a uh, brilliant actor that I'd done theatre with a lot. And then he he did the TV show Still Game, which for anyone who hasn't seen it, do yourself a favour, get on, I think it's Netflix. Netflix. And it's Still Game is about old people living in a council estate in Glasgow, and it's fantastic. But Paul Riley's in this, and he came to New Zealand when we were making Lord of the Rings uh, to visit, to visit me. And I said, I've got into this thing, surfing. We're, we're, we're all going in the water. And he said, yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. So I said, well, I think we can rent a board and rent a wetsuit at this place downtown uh, in Wellington. So I drove down and I parked uh, at a car park and then we walked maybe, you know, quarter of a mile to get to the, the wetsuit uh, and surf store, and we, and and I, d- I, d- I don't think Paul will be annoyed if I say he's he's not the thinnest of fellas. Yeah. He's he's yeah, he, he, he's stocky, you would say. Yeah, yeah, chunky and <laughs> chunky. And uh, he he went into this wetsuit store, and they they said, okay, try this wetsuit, and he put it on. Oh, and he, and he gets this wetsuit on, and he goes, oh yeah, that that feels good. He said, okay. And I said, all right, we'll take it off. We'll pay for it. Get back to the car. He said, wait a minute. Are we going to the place now? And I said, yeah. Once we get back to the car, which, as I say, is about a quarter of a mile away. He said, oh, I'm not, I'm not taking this wetsuit off again. <laughs> I said, really? He said, no, that's it. That's it. So he put on his shoes, which were brown brogues. But, you know, you would wear with a suit. And he's got a wetsuit on and brown brogues. And we're strolling through Wellington. <laughs> Getting back to the car to go surfing. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. I don't old, I remember that story. I don't remember him surfing. Did he enjoy it? Did he was he into it? I don't know. I don't know if he did, Tom, if I'm being honest. He uh, he, he 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 had a goal and that was the main thing, right? That's all that matters. And uh, and then I think that was the end of that, Tom. Yeah, yeah, give him an A for effort. Well, we did, um, <laughs> We've had a lot of correspondence while we've been off over the Christmas period, so we should uh, see what's going on with that. But before we do that, let's just make sure that people are aware of the fact that we have been selling some holiday merch on our website, friendshiponionpodcast.com, but that ends January 18th. And I will just say that probably my favorite piece of merch that we've uh, created so far, which I took to Costa Rica and I wore yesterday on the plane on the way back, and I wore a lot of the time in Costa Rica, is the red Friendship Onion hoodie because it's very comfy and cozy. And, after, you know, after a surf, 
I think my favorite thing to ever get in is a hoodie. Just a hoodie on its own, you know, it's such a nice feeling. And if you don't mind me saying, Tom, you look absolutely fantastic. And I saw a photo of you down in Costa Rica and you looked amazing in that red hoodie. It really brought out the red in your eyes. <laughs> Thanks. That was, uh, that was New Year's Eve. I had a beautiful New Year's Eve. My hotel that I stayed at, the Harmony Hotel in Nosara, lovely people, they, um, they're, they're right on the edge of the beach, on the, on the beach that I would surf at every, every day. Uh, well, not every day I went surfing, but that's where the wave was every day. And um, on New Year's Eve, they had a couple of parties on that beach, different people. So I went down there at around about 5 o'clock to watch the sunset, which was spectacular, the last, the last sunset of the year. And then a couple of hours later, there was like two or three little dance parties just going on down the beach. So I just walked down really? for like an hour and just checked in with like two or three different communities of people dancing and having fun and fireworks and stuff. And then walked back. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Lovely. What could be nicer, Tom? I'm not sure. Billy, you know, I'm a little obsessed with my hair. Coming from Manchester, it's important to have a variety of different haircuts over the years and to keep it interesting. I like messing around my hair. I like different colours in my hair. I like different cuts. And for me to try and keep my hair for as long as possible, I use Keeps. Tom, did you know that more than 50 million men in the US suffer from male pattern baldness? Oh, it's a lot more common than you would think and nothing to be embarrassed about. What I love about Keeps is they keep it simple. It's stress-free way to keep your hair. You get convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't even need to leave your home, which is a blessing currently with COVID. Plus, they offer low-cost treatments that start at just $10 per month and Keeps offers generic versions. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatment can take four to six months to see results. So act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to K-E-E-P-S dot com slash onion to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash onion to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash onion. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. Now, it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. It's more affordable than traditional online therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com slash onion. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Special offer for the Friendship Onion listeners Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash onion. Well, we've got a few uh, voicemails, so why don't we see who sent us a lovely voicemail this week? Hey, Tom. Yeah? I just I just noticed there I didn't have my mic uh, switched on. 
So um, that's my mic switch. You might hear me a bit different now. Does yeah. that sound sexy? It does sound sexy. That's mine. Yeah. I think I was just recording through my computer. So uh, an amateur mistake. You sound an amateur mistake, Tom. Well, listen, we're, we're all good. All right. Well, let's see who's called us <laughs> this week. Hi, this is Jessica from Sacramento, California. I would like to know if you could have anybody, real or not, make you a meal, who would you like that to be? And what would you want them to make for you? I love the podcast, and I can't wait to hear what you'd have to say on this. Oh. Thanks. Bye. I've got an answer, Tom. Have you got one? Go for it. I'm still thinking. Here's what. Here's who I'd have. This is the first. I'm, what I'm doing here is I'm not thinking too deeply. It's just the first thing that came into my head, Tom. Just like you. And I would have, I would have Hero Dreams of Sushi. You know that documentary? Yeah. I would have Hero make me just whatever he wants, just delicious, delicious sushi, served one at a time. Just me. You'd be there, but you wouldn't be eating. You'd oh. just be watching me eating. Which oh. is sh- you can have a glass of green tea. Okay. It's even worse. Yeah. Sat there so and about- and not getting anything, and you going, oh, oh, that's a lovely one. Oh, thanks, Hero. Yeah, all night. Can you imagine? And you haven't eaten for two days because I've starved you, Tom. Oh. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a weird meal, but it's a special one. Yeah, that's an incredible documentary. If, if people have not seen it out there, Hero yeah. Dreams of Sushi. He's got a tiny little sushi restaurant underneath, I think, a, a subway station. That's right. Um, an underground um, train station. And what is he when they make the documentaries? In his 80s, is that right? And his son's in his 60s and he won't let that's- him do anything. Oh. His son's been waiting to take over since he was like 16 and he's about 60 and oh. Hero still comes in every day. And I think when you start working there for the first like three years, you just get to do the scrambled egg thing. <laughs> you don't even get to touch the rice or fish or it. It's brilliant. If you haven't seen it, go watch Hero Dreams of Sushi. Very cool. That's a great answer. I initially was the same as you. I thought, well, you have to pick a chef. You know what I mean? You, you, if If someone's going to make you food you should be picking mm. a chef so initially i was like well i'm a, I'm a big fan of the sweary chef gordon ramsay i'm actually watching a master chef of his right now uh, right. it's like a 15 episode master chef all about everything how you should set up your kitchen how you set up your knives and your pots and pans into simple dishes like poached eggs on mushrooms on toast which is fantastic all the way yeah. through to like you know big brash kind of dishes and stuff so initially I thought Gordon Ramsay and then I thought, well, what if you were what if you were getting a home cooked meal from someone who, you know, kind of approached their meal with the same way that they lived their life, you know, some sort oh. of like Shaolin monk or or, oh. you know, like you know, someone who ran some Buddhist temple somewhere. So there's a lady on uh, chef's table. Have you, you've seen Chef's Table where they go around the world, and there's a lady who is a, I think she's a Korean monk, lives out yes. in the in the wilderness. Doesn't have a restaurant, just has her kind of center that she works at. And if you stay with her, she cooks you very simple meals, kind of from around the local kind of um, fields and stuff. You know, soups made from the river water nearby, and yeah vegetables and stuff so i can't remember her name but it's a it's a lady that features in 
chef's table, who I believe is a monk. I would have her make me something. I've seen that episode, wow. and it is amazing. You're absolutely right. That's a good one as well. Thank you, Jessica from California. Shows your Thank hand. Thank you. Because I'll get this one right. Shows your hand. I've found a better way. Someone, and I, sadly, I forgot to take their name down, but so, one of the listeners said, you know, I do that with my hands, right? But wait, you see this, Dom? If I made it like that. Oh. There's Florida. Yeah. You see? New York, California. Yeah. Where would where would you find uh, our, our guest today? Where Jessica lives. Well, Jessica lives in California, so you gave me a great clue there. So I'm going to say the end of your middle <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say the end of your middle finger. I think that's not bad, Tom. You've done well there. You've done Thank well. You. Thanks, Jessica. Hello, what's next, Tom? Hello, gentlemen. Huge fan of both of yours. Uh, ever since Lord of the Rings, Lost, Master and Commander, some of my favorite stuff you've done, but none of it, it all pales in comparison, I should say to the Friendship Onion podcast, so I appreciate what you guys are doing every week. Love it, love it, keep it coming. Quick question for you, and it'll give you a quick backstory to the question. My favorite, you guys talk about video games a lot. My favorite video game that I played on the PlayStation 2 quite often was the Return of the King video game. I'm sure you guys recall, uh, one of my favorite things about the game was you guys would do cutscenes in between uh, each level. There would be little cutscenes of you guys playing the game or talking about it, talking about doing the voices and all that stuff. And it was a, it was tons of fun getting some insight into what that's like. And got me thinking: if you guys, each of you, could have a video game made from a television show or movie, what would that be? I'll rephrase that. If there's a movie or a television show that you would like to have made into a game, what would you like that to be? Really curious to hear your thoughts. Again, keep it up, and I look forward to hearing from you. Bye-bye. That is a fantastic question, Dom. I love it. Look at you. You're thinking. You're deep, oh, deep in my, thought. There's my thinking position right here. Yeah, it's um, nice, actually. Well, I like... With, with computer games or video games, as they call them in, in the States, I like games where there's quite a lot of character building and backstory and, and a world that you can kind of navigate yourself through. I like a lot of kind of the in-between stuff and then little uh, sporadic moments of action that occur here and there. But for me, I, I like feeling like I'm, I'm in a kind of living, breathing storybook. And then every so often there's incidences, you know. So I was just thinking then, I don't know how dynamic a computer game this would be, but in terms of the characters, what about a West Wing computer game where you play either someone who's trying to take over from the president or maybe you right. play the president trying to run again for office and it's a way for you to try and maintain all the personalities and, and uh, navigate the, your way through the political landscape and end up being the president of the United States. That would be kind of fun. I think that's, that's a good call there, Tom. That's a good one. Yeah. I, I'm going to keep the Lord of the Rings references going with a TV show that uh, John Reese davis was in that I used to love and me and my son used to love watching it called Sliders. Did you ever see that, Tom? No, tell me about it. Sliders. Sliders. So John Reese davis was a, like, what? 
Is it about little beef burgers? No, it's not at all. Okay. It's about a guy, uh, uh, and, and John Reese davis is like a professor, and, and then he's got a great student, or two great students, a guy and a girl. And they, the, anyway, they, 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 they invent this machine that slides you through parallel universes stuff. Oh, you love it. You love it. Oh, what? And then they accidentally pick up a soul singer on the way. So the four of them travel through these and they're all trying to get back to their own universe, you know, to their own world. And sometimes they land in a world and they're like, well, this is, this is it. This is completely, everything seems the same. But then they'll find out it's a matriarchic, matriarchic society. Matriarchic. So yes. Thank you, Dominic. So it's much more, much more. It's always been women who are, are, are kind of, you know, the, the big earners. And, and that's brilliant because there's a little kind of political thing in there. But then there'll be another world again, another one. And straight away, dinosaurs were never killed off. So dinosaurs are still there. And then there'll be another one where um, the Germans won the war. So then it's, it's much more German society. It's brilliant. It's a great idea. And I think it would be a cracking video game as you try to get back to your own world. Yeah. And you have to work out, is, is it my own world? What's different? And there might just be a slight difference. Yeah, I love that. You're a big fan of parallel universes, aren't you? I love it. I love it, Tom. Me too. That and time travel and parallel universes. Give us that all time day. Time travel and parallel universes for sure. But don't you think that, like, obviously we, you know, we have these big grand notions of parallel universes, or obviously other existing universes elsewhere. But then, you know, you could also make an argument to say that you create these parallel universes on this planet, you know, because we, it, you know, we play this game, League of Legends. League of Legends. <laughs> you know, that is kind of a miniature parallel universe. Obviously, it's not our world. It is yeah. a fully realized world where the rules are different, different things go on, and we spend time there, so we time travel there for a little bit. So, you know, you could you could put forward an argument to say that, you know, you create these little parallel universes ourselves. That you live in. Yeah. You're right, Tom. You're dying to play, aren't you? Did you play last night? I didn't play last night. I got home <sighs> last night around about 10 o'clock. I was driven home by a wonderful South African gentleman in my taxi. We had a lovely conversation about Manchester United on the way home, and then I got home expecting to play League of Legends, but I had a ton of stuff to do when I got home with my animals and my plants mm. and turning on the hot water again and making sure that everything was fine, you know, checking all the doors and blah, 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 windows, unpacking, and I was I was tired. But this is the first time since I started playing League of Legends that I've not played it on a consistent basis because even when I went away to Dublin to work, I brought yeah. my laptop with me. And I didn't play League of Legends anywhere near as much, but I still played it. I went to Costa yeah. Rica for three and a half weeks, didn't play it once, and I definitely was jonesing for it. We will play tonight, Tom. We oh, we will tonight. play tonight. Um, I think there's one more voicemail. Can we try and squeeze in Let's one Let's hear more? it, Tom. Come on. Come on. Hello, Billy. Hello, Dom. This is Ryan from Cisco, Texas. Love the show. I was listening to episode 31 where you were interviewing James Marsters, and he told a story about being nervous on stage when he found out that Pink was in the audience. It made me wonder if you have ever been nervous, whether performing with your respective bands 
or on the theater when you found out that there was a celebrity in the audience. Hope you guys have a great holidays and love the show. Keep it up. Dumb. Well, what it, it, whatever came first in my head, this is what this is how I'm running today. Uh, I was I was uh, in in Macbeth at the Globe Theatre in London. Uh, you might remember Tom a few I years thought, ago. I saw you. And, you were marvelous. Bankroll, the greatest bankroll I've ever seen. Incredible. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Dominic. Uh, you took your cue well there. Well done. Yeah. Uh, and and one day it it wasn't a day that you were there. I knew when you were coming, right? Oh yeah. Uh, but there was a there was a buzz backstage one day. A buzz, and people were saying, "No, don't say, don't tell them, don't tell them." During the show, and then somebody said to me, "Kind of look up the top left, I'm up in the circle, and uh, in the gods, there, in the gods, not quite in the gods, but in the circle there, and uh, there, there was um, King Theoden and Aragorn. So, <laughs> they came along and hadn't told me they were coming. And, uh, the the cast were loving it, you know." And, right. uh, so I don't know if I get nervous, but I got a real buzz because they didn't they didn't tell me they were they were coming and the the cast didn't tell me when they when someone had saw them. And uh so I was actually on stage when I looked up and I went, Oh, there's Vigo and Bernard. That oh, that's good. Uh, I did hear that story, because is it true that after the show Vigo slapped you in your face and, and Bernard spat in your eyes, is that right? They did. They said, "Why, why couldn't you have taken down that Macbeth? You're, you're no friend of ours." Uh, but that, that was brilliant. And then we went for a nice meal afterwards. And uh, they're a couple of great guys, you know. Oh, yeah, they're good, so, good uh, fellas. I was chatting yeah. to Vigo over Christmas, trying to get him on the podcast. So we'll see what we can do. But uh, you know, oh, yeah. Vigo, Vigo didn't necessarily understand specifically what a podcast was. So when I've been over the last few months or so saying to him, oh, you've got to come on the podcast. We'll have so much fun with Billy. It'll be great. Uh, Vigo wrote to me over Christmas and he said, so what is this blog that you and Billy are doing? And I said, no, <laughs> not, not a blog, it's a podcast. And then I had to explain to him kind of what a podcast is. So we'll we'll try and get him on eventually. Um, I, did, I bumped into John Reese davis as well, and he's he's very keen to come on. So we'll, we'll definitely get John on. And he uh, knew what it was. Yeah. So it's all good. I don't tend to get that nervous um, during plays, especially once you've started the run of a play, because you very quickly get up to speed. And, and um, I mean, a little bit of nerves every night is is normal. But during a dress rehearsal, I'm probably the most nervous and maybe the opening night. But then by the time I get to kind of the end of week one or the end of week two, certainly, I'm fine. But I have had, I think I've told you this story before, I did a play in Manchester, in Bolton, actually, where I had to uh, construct an old-fashioned deck chair. And if you <laughs> if you know anything about these old-fashioned deck chairs, the ones that you find <laughs> on Blackpool Pier and Scarborough and stuff, it's a kind of low-sitting chair with a piece of material in between it. And you have to construct a very simple array of slats. I think there's something like three or possibly four slats that kind of interlock with each other. And on this night, I, for some reason, I think I put the deck chair down uh, back to front 
So the slats were in the wrong point, and it took. I was doing it for probably a minute and a half. Started sweating, didn't know what to do, and very coolly, one of the old actors. He must have been in his kind of early sixties. <laughs> he'd seen it all before. He just took his cue a little earlier than he should, and he came onto stage. And as it as if it was in the scene, he said, "Are you all right there, son? You want a little bit of help?" And I said, oh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do this chair. I'm trying to stay in character, you know. He said, oh, let me, let me. These things can be confusing. And he just flipped it over and did it, and we carried on with the scene. And the audience had no idea, and I'm sweating. And then you come off stage and you say to some member of the audience, oh, I can't believe I had that problem with the deck chair. And no one notices. That's the crazy thing, right? Yeah. That's the crazy thing is, is because you're living this kind of Groundhog Day sort of on stage that any tiny thing seems huge. But yeah, you know, the audience are seeing it for the first time. They don't know that you're not supposed to put that up. You yeah. Know? It's funny. I remember you saying, I think it was during Macbeth, I think, you, you had said that at one point you, you, you knew where you were supposed to get to in a speech, but you couldn't remember how to start it. So you just came up with a piece of made up Shakespearean lines and then jumped oh, onto yeah. the next bit? I did. Making up Shakespeare's never a good idea, <laughs> is it? But, and, the, and the actor who was playing my son was just in stitches <laughs> as, I, as I was making up Shakespeare. Oh, God. Oh, well, thanks for all your voicemails. Oh, yeah. Billy, I've just come back from a surfing trip, as you know, and one of the things that I packed in my bag, which I was so happy to do, were sachets of liquid IV. Mm. As you know, surfing is a workout. Sometimes you're swallowing salt water. That can dehydrate you. Maybe I've had a couple of beers the night before. Come out of the ocean, liquid IV into a glass of water, your tickety-boo for the rest of the day. Dom, the new year is here, and there is no better way to kick off 2022 than by making sure you're feeling like your best self. I absolutely agree. My favourite liquid IV flavours currently are strawberry and watermelon. But there's so many different flavors. There is a flavor for you out there. Here's some facts, Dom. One stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. Liquid IV has donated over 19 million servings globally. Grab Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code ONION at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ONION at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code Onion. Do you have ambitious hiring goals? No sweat, because you're not waiting for the right candidates to find you. You're finding them first with Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed, because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements, or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find the right candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent according to Comscore. Indeed is the number one job site worldwide. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. 
Plus, you only pay for the quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Onion. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash Onion to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash Onion. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Um, oh, Billy, we got a voicemail specifically for... I don't think it's a voicemail. It's a, it's a uh, question specifically for Gene and Denver Dave. Love that. Oh, do we? Yeah. I think John said he's going right. to read this. Oh, John, are you oh. there? Hello, I'm John. Here. There he is. Look at him right. with all his books. Here is the back. Do you know how many books... You, uh, here's a question, Tom. You might not know this. How many books did Johnny Clues read last year? What did he? Has he already told you? He told me, yeah. I saw it on a, a tweet or something. And I, how I many books? Well, it's fifty-two weeks in a year. That's correct, John. So That's good math. Yeah, that would be one a that be one a week would be fifty-two. So I'm going to say John read sixty-five books last year. Sixty-five oh. books, Johnny. Tell him. It's 100, baby. It's my new record. Wow, good for you, John. 100. Gotta read, you know. Gotta keep, you know, the mind sharp. No wonder he always gets the questions wrong in the quiz. He's got no time. Yeah. He's reading books. No time. Billy, you'd have a nightmare with that because uh, th- and this might be a sore subject, but in the last year, I think I've bought you four or possibly five books and you've not read any of them. It feels as though you've bought me about a hundred books, but I've already I'm already reading the other books that I got myself. So I'm finding it hard to find the time. But I'm I'll tell you which one I'm going to start with the Bill Bryson one you gave me there, Tom. That looks very interesting. In fact, my wife started reading it by accident. Yeah, she I liked it up and thought was it was that amazing. Brief, brief history of nearly everything. No, no I've read that it's, one. Uh, it's the book about it's, the body. My my mum and dad got me this book a while ago, and I absolutely loved it. And I know Billy. Is fascinated with space, but I also know that Billy is fascinated with how the body works and what goes on in all, in all the places of the body that you can't see. And this inner space, inner space, and this book is brilliant, Bills. You will love it. I will love it. I will if I can get it off my wife now. Yeah, but, I'm yeah. Thank. Anyway, where were yes, we? A question. Uh, Greg here. I'm stuck in New Jersey. It's a hellhole. I was wondering what you taters thought about all these flights being canceled all over the holidays. It taters sucks. Thanks for nothing. Have a good one. <laughs> kind of aggressive. Hey, what was this taters. name? Greg. Taters. Greg. Greg. Taters. Greg. Greg, it's a piece of taters. Can't get on a taters. plane these days. It's a thing, Gregory. You gotta, you gotta go with the safety guys. The safety guys know what they're Taters. talking about. You got some problems. People breathing on top of other mother Taters. You gotta keep your mask on. You're drinking white wine. Take your mask off. You finish your white wine. Put the Taters. mask back on, Greg. Those are the rules. That's it. You're eating strawberries or some Taters. You take a strawberry, you put the mask on. You, you get another strawberry, take it off again. That's how it works, Greg. Why get yourself a cup of Taters. coffee when you're in the airport? That's fine. Get a cup of coffee. It's going to cost you three or four dollars. You get the one. It's going to cost you four or five dollars these days, you Taters. Put the coffee in carts in the airport. Maybe seven or eight dollars because you're putting you over a Taters. barrel in the airport. You do that. 
You take out the lyric thing, you take a ship, you put your Haters. mask back on. That's what it means to be a Haters. human nowadays, Gregory. Oh, it's exhausting, Gene and Denver Day. It makes me sweat. Isn't it? I'm sweating <laughs> to try to do And they're... I don't get filthy mouth. <laughs> filthy mouth. Well, if you guys are, if you guys have any more questions for Dean and Denver Dave, you can send them to us. John will read them out, and possibly they'll have a new view on what you should be doing with your life. Because these guys have strong opinions. I tell you what, <laughs> they're opinionated. <laughs> um, well, we got some more questions here, Bill. So we just fire right in. We've got a question here from. Come on, give us some questions of what I'm doing this week, Tom. As I'm taking it, the first thing that comes out of my head, boof, that's the answer. I love it. Well, here we go, because this is this is a uh, question that you have to answer right off the, the cuff. It's from Sarah W. in Orlando, Florida. She says, hey, Billy and Dom, here's a fun question that you might enjoy. Is cereal a kind of soup? No. Why not? Soup has to be, as we've already spoken about, brought to almost the boil. But never to the boil, because a soup that's boiled is spoiled. Never forget that, ladies and gentlemen. But it has to almost come to a boil. What's that called when it's almost a boiled up? Oh, is it a simmer? Yeah, it has to be brought to a simmer, and you cannot simmer cocoa pops. So I'm going to say no, Dom. You, your camera has fallen down to your midriff, Billy. That's all right. I'm just, getting a lovely, just, lovely shot of your man boobs now. Beautiful. I just thought you'd like to see the sweater that I'm wearing. Great. What do you think, though? No, you, you, like you look fantastic. I will just, I'm going to pick you up on a couple of points here. First of all, yeah, you're totally right. A, a soup that's boiled is spoiled. You always have to simmer a soup. But there is an yeah. exception here, and it's probably my favorite. Oh, hold on. My, probably my favorite soup on the planet. Gazpacho, as you know, is served cold. Right. I'm not sure that gazpacho is a soup. What is gazpacho? <laughs> like a tomato puree yeah you're basically eating a sauce you're just you're giving yourself a plate of tomato sauce and you're 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 kidding yourself on but William, that it's some sort of so what you're saying from your point of view <laughs> <laughs> you're saying that soup is defined by heat as opposed to by temperature i think soup yes. is defined by consistency i think soup is liquid Really? So, well, say for instance, um, you get a smoothie. Why is that not a soup? It's a good point, actually. Thank you. Yeah, now you've got me there. You've got me over a barrel. Um, if anyone <laughs> wants to write in and tell us what does actually define a soup, I'd enjoy it. But I'm going to answer, is cereal a kind of soup? I'm going to say no as well. I mean, we could eat the world at this point. Do we want to eat the world? I'd love to. To be honest, Dom, I'm starving. So I'd love to eat the world, if you don't mind. Yeah, let's do it. Are you prepared? Have you, do you need to go and prepare something? Or is it all there, ready to go? Just two seconds. Can you give me two seconds? I'll give you two seconds. Tell a story about Costa Rica while, you're, while I'm gone. I'll try. I'll try and keep the audience entertained. While Bill, actually, while Billy's gone, now that he can't hear, we've been having some internal problems. He's been crotchety with me, moody, and he threatened to physically attack me a few days ago, which is actually the real reason why we're doing this remotely. Because he said, the next time I see you, I'm going to punch you directly in both your ears. 
until you lose some of your hearing. And I don't have great hearing anyway, even though you wouldn't expect that because my ears are relatively big if you compare it to the rest of my face. I don't know what he's mad about specifically, but he's definitely mad about something. And he said, the next time I see you, I will physically attack your ears, including the lobes and the inner section. So I, I made the excuse to say, and that's what happened in Costa Rica here with all the dolphins and those turtles and the sun. And that was, yeah, it's finished, Bills. That's the story, yeah. What a fantastic Brilliant. story with dolphins and turtles, yeah, turtles etc. I'll tell you about that another day. Now, do you want to introduce this incredible thing that we're doing, eating the world this week? Now, Tom, I, if you don't mind, I would like you to introduce this because I don't know much about it. And I know that it kind of, you, you, were, you were enchanted by someone uh, sending this one in because you like this. See. Um, so if you don't mind, could you uh, introduce this one? See, see. While I cut it. See, yo, um, habla un poco español hoy. Uh, en la día, yo y mi amigo Billy, uh, vive la queso con español, es típica con español, y, uh, Costa Rica y uh, Argentina, yo, yo pensá. La fromage queso. Manchego! Manchego queso! Con espanol. Right, I'm going to switch from my terrible broken Spanish now. I've been practicing my Spanish down in Costa Rica. It's so much fun. Tom, that was amazing. Um, gracias, amigo. I thought that was brilliant. You, you were doing great there. I was talking to my brother about languages and my mum and dad. You know, we lived in Germany for a while. My parents learned to speak pretty good German. My brother, too. I learned a little bit of German. My brother moved to Costa Rica where he learned Spanish. My brother speaks perfect Spanish. My parents speak good Spanish. Yeah. My Spanish is, is okay in certain areas, but not that great everywhere else. And I was talking to my brother about it and my parents. And they had said this thing, which I think you and I both subscribe to, where they said, the thing about learning languages and, and a, and a way to not feel so overwhelmed and intimidated by it is to be okay with the fact that you're going to, get it wrong, that, you, that you're going to yeah. struggle, that you're going to come to a, the end of a sentence and not know what to say. And to be okay with feeling a little embarrassed and feeling a little sheepish. If you're okay with, at the end of the day, kind of, you know, like holding your hands up and say, no say, lo siento, no, no say, and the, the yeah. person will invariably help you out, then you'll come back to the languages. I think what happens a lot of times with people is they try out a language they get embarrassed, they feel a little silly, mm -hmm. and then they don't want to feel silly again. But it's all right to feel silly. We all feel silly every so often, and sometimes that's what happens when you learn a language. So you just have to just try, practice, practice, practice. Yeah, and people love it, right? People, if you know, if you if you meet someone whose English isn't their first language, and you know, and and they're trying to speak to you. I mean, it's lovely, isn't it? You feel like, oh, you want to help. And it's the same when you go to another country. People want to help if you're trying. It's lovely. Yeah. It's a great thing to learn languages. I, I wish I'd learned more. Yeah. And I will learn more. Yeah. I'm, I've been, I mean, obviously practicing with people in, in that country. In Costa Rica, they, they speak Spanish as their number one language, but their, their secondary language is English to a great degree. They all seem to speak English very well. Obviously, when you go there, they want to speak English with you. But I said to my friends at the hotel, I said, if it's okay, 
can I try Spanish badly? And then if yeah. I really struggle, we can switch back into English. And they said, yeah, do that. And also that app Duolingo is fantastic for learning languages. It's really good. And we're not getting, that's not um, an, an ad. No. He just really likes it. There, yeah, it's not an advert. They just, I just really like that app. That app, they're fantastic. So, oh, there's Bobby Johnson. So Manchego cheese. I've got my Manchego cheese with some olives and some almonds and a couple of radishes there. I don't know if they'll go well with radishes, but I just love radishes. But I'll read a little thing here about Manchego cheese. Manchego cheese, the official cheese of Spain, rooted in the La Mancha wildernesses of central Spain, Manchego cheese hails from the milk of the Manchego sheep fostered on the pastures in the heartland of Spain. This semi-hard cheese is identified by its distinctive herringbone rind and sweet flavor. Symphotic strokes of fruits and nuts resonate in clear unison along zesty undertoes of Piquancy, induced by the woven mold of grass unique to Manchego, aromas of dried herbs marinate the interior in vivid contrasts. Wow, this is a heady cheese. I tell you what, it sounds fantastic. I've not tried it yet, Dom. Do you know who loves cheese, but it makes them fart? Your dog. No, me. Oh, well, then enjoy it. Your wife's going to have a hell of a time tonight. (laughs) No, my dog. You can give him a little bit, but not too much. Yeah, just enjoy it, Bobby. There you go. Oh, he's loving it. Now, I think Manchego cheese goes really well with things like uh, macadamia nuts, almonds, hazelnuts. I've got some Mm. almonds here. And, of course, olives. It's interesting, right? If you want to pair things with things, try and find something that they grow alongside. So, obviously, this cheese might also – these sheep might also be – living in places where there are nut trees or, or olive groves, and they, grow, they go really well with olives, I'm going to try. I've never, I've never thought of that, Dom. Mm. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good way of thinking about it. Try and find what locally Dom. grows nearby. It's good, right? Absolutely delicious. Mm. It's got flavours sharpening with age, and so does the texture. Mm. Now, pass the – oh, wait a minute. It said it's got an inedible rind. Mm. I just ate the rind. Well, it'll just come out as a lovely waxy secretion. <laughs> In terms of cheese, if you were to if you were to make kind of sweeping, generalised tastes of cheeses, where where do you end up? What's your cheese type preferences? I would say something around this. This texture is my perfect texture for cheese. So hard, but not like a parmesan or something. Right, right. And um, but this texture, this flavor is lovely, but just a a little stronger for me, a stronger chew. Hey, well, can I say, Billy? I mean, obviously you've been to Spain before, but you and I don't mm. think have been to Spain together. But Manchego cheese. In the kind of the waxing Spanish sun, you know, when it gets past kind of three, oh four o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. with a beer, maybe you're watching oh. the waves, some cheese, some olives. I think, honestly, as I've got older in my life, one of the great luxuries in my life is little a little plate like this, some cheese, some crackers, olives, maybe a chutney, some honey, little tiny tastes oh. that you can make. A glass of white wine 
Oh, John. <laughs> You're watching the sun go down. Oh, that is one of the great luxuries of life, honestly. Oh, Dom, you don't need much. No, I don't. You don't need much. Uh -oh. But that, let me tell you something about how Manchego is made. Oh, go on. The creameries are often placed in short distances from the pastures, making the time spent in transportation almost non-existent. Mm. Mm. Flowing from large containers, cool milk is poured into heated vats, adding culture and rennet as it is stirred. This triggers the coagulation of the sheep's milk, producing a firm curd. Nothing like a firm curd, dump. It is then cut and separated for it to strain off excess whey. Once strained, the broken curd is stowed into the moulds. Artisan cheeses typically use traditionally grass-woven moulds, whereas industrial versions will use plastic. The curd is then compressed into the moulds, fully draining them of any remaining whey. You can get manchego cheese in, in you know, restaurants and bars, you know, mm. like the big mm. kind of wheels of cheese. You can get a massive wheels mm. like that. And very often in these incredible tapas bars all over Spain, they'll have a, a ham kind of on a hook, you know, a, a, a leg, an Iberico ham leg hanging out up on the bar somewhere, and then yeah. manchego cheese. And you'll see these old boys coming in to get a little glass of beer, not like a half pint yeah. of beer, which they call a canye in, uh, in Spain. Yeah. A little bit of cheese, maybe a couple of slices of Iberico mm. ham. Oh, William. It's fantastic. Tom, I would, I would, I've never bought this cheese. I love cheese as well. And over New Year, I think people eat a lot of cheese. Yeah. I eat a lot of cheese over New Year. Yeah. And I'd never, when I, when, I, when I saw this cheese, I've never bought it. And I absolutely love it. It's the official cheese of Spain, a country that takes their food extremely seriously. And mm. I don't tend to eat too much cheese nowadays either, but... Oh, like around Christmas time, I might treat myself to a little bit of cheese. And I'm the same as you. This wouldn't be the cheese that I would initially reach out for at Christmas time. I usually go for kind of a, a Stilton and maybe a French cheese. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's nice because it's, it's, it's got a completely different vibe from an English cheese. And French cheeses tend mm -hmm. to be very rich and decadent. This is kind of in the middle of an English and a French cheese, you know. It's lovely. It's a lovely. It's, yeah, you could just snack on this. That's a good one, though. Really? And what makes, do you know, what makes it a Manchego cheese? Like, is there I anything? Think is it just because it's where it's I from? I think it's the area, right? It said rooted in mm -hmm. the La Mancha wilderness of central Spain. Mm. I'm guessing that maybe a little bit like champagne, you can only call stuff, I mean, people call different types of party yeah. wine champagne, but really champagne is only from the champagne region of, France. Ah, so it's so it's from the Manchego sheep. Yes, yeah, from the Manchego sheep. Ah, um, absolutely. Well, Dominic, I will definitely be having that again. I'll read a little bit more here for our uh, listeners and our watchers. It says, "With flavors sharpening with age, so does the texture." Past the inedible rind, the ivory-colored body crystallizes as mm. seasons pass, going from open mm. to granular and flaky in the span of a year. Tiny pores lace the mm. interior adding to the granular texture as it ages. As the consistency hardens, the flavor deepens, becoming more rounded and toasty in their nuances. And you should pair 
manchego cheese, it says here, with honey, yep. almonds, yep. and marmalade. Oh, I like that idea. A little orange marmalade with it. Oh. I like the idea of honey as oh, well. Dom, I absolutely love it. And Bobby Johnson loves it as well, but it looks like Don't give him any more, otherwise he'll be upsetting you later on. How long does it take Bobby to start farting when he's eating cheese? Seven minutes. Oh, wow. Ah. Mm-hmm. It'll be that Right, Bob. Um, let's see if there's anything else interesting about this, and then we should give it some scores. If it's quite salty, I would describe it as quite a salty cheese, right? Mm. I like I like the granule texture as well. The grainy sort of, I love that. I love it when you have a cheese and it kind of, um, you get a little salt crystal or whatever it is. I love that. I like it too. Um, all right. Well, I think that's about it. I've been reading some other stuff here, but it's, you know, it's kind of saying the same thing about, you know, the mm-hmm. flavors and, and what it goes. Let's give it, let's give it, let's give it marks, Tom. Taste. Flavor. Flavor. Taste. Tom, I'm going right up there with a 9.5. Five. If it was a little stronger, it might have even made it up to your ten. I've never given anything a ten. Well, no, yeah, you're quite, you're quite particular. Um, yeah. Flavor, taste. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an eight point five, only because there's so many cheeses out there, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of other cheeses that I like just a little bit more than Manchego. But if I would, if someone were to say to me, you can create a cheese board with like your top eight cheeses so that you can have a little well, a lot of combination cheeses. of everything. Manchego would be there because it's it's a taste like no other, really. It's lovely. How about, how does it look to you, Tom? Well, yeah, it's a nice cheese. It's not, it's not really that exceptional, is it, with its look? How's the rind on, on, the, on the other side? On the, on the, is there anything there? Because oh, sometimes there's a design. See, on, it's a kind of line design. See, on mine, it's, on not, the it's not going to look that great, but on mine, there's a little. Yeah, you've got a line design on your rind, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I like the way it looks as far as the cheese. Simple. I mean, it's not, as you say, it's not like a, a, like a crazy blue cheese where you're like, whoa, what's going on yeah. there? But um, I'll still give it a 7.6. Yeah, I'll give it a seven because it's not, you know, like you said, it's not the greatest looking cheese of all time. And now, here we go. Now, here's the rub, Dom. How useful is it? Right. Well, I did did do a little bit more research on this before we did the podcast. Okay. um, To see if it went well in dishes. And there was some Manchego dishes that work with, Risotto and also some oh. kind of like um, strong tasting flavors in a pizza, like sun dried mm. tomatoes on a pizza. They said if you add manchego to that, it creates this kind of robust kind of pizza. So yeah, and could you could you melt it? Say for instance, a cheese on toast or a tuna melt. Would it work? I think you can melt it. I'm not sure how well it would go in a tuna melt, but cheese on toast, I think it would be quite good because it's quite a strong flavour, isn't it? I think I could use that for a lot of stuff, this cheese. I think you're going to. Be, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to give it a high. I'm going to give it an 
because I think it's it's going to be very useful in my life. I'm enjoying it so much. I'm I'm licking the plate, which is not good manners, but there you go. Um, would you would you put marmite on it? Yeah, I think it would be. I think it would be good in your cheese and marmite sandwich. I'm going to give it. An 8.5. You gave it an 8.5, yeah? I'll give you an 8.5. I did, Dom, I did. There you go. Yep. Well, lovely. That is a success, Dom, an absolute success. Please keep sending in your um, thoughts on what we should eat on Billy and Dom Eat the World, and we'll eat it. Oh, we'll eat it. Well, that actually came from Billy in Spain, so thank you, Billy, for that. Another Billy. Thank you, Billy. And um, Delicious. As, as uh, Billy Boyd said, Send in your suggestions. We like the adventurous ones. Obviously, we have to be mindful of the fact that we're probably going to be eating them in California. So hopefully it's something that we can get in California. We've had some great suggestions over the last few months, but sometimes there's been things that we just can't access in California. So if you want to be really helpful to us and tell us where we can find it in California, that would be fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Right, Dom. I think. Do, do you know what time it is? I think, Dom. Tell me. To find out if some music is funky for you. Dom. Oh yeah, that's exciting. So here we go. It's from Rebecca in Northern England, near Newcastle. Actually, oh, she says. Yeah. Here's the question. Here's the question. She says, "You can help me answer. Can heavy metal?" be funky. I'm inclined to think that it can, and I present for your discernment High Fish by the mighty band Ramstein. Dom, das is sehr oh. gut. Nein? Session. Session. Yeah, super. Yeah. Das is super. Um, well, Wunderbar. Wunderbar. Ein bisschen geil. Um, I think, yeah. I think that, I think the, the answer to the question, can heavy metal be funky? I think it's probably yes, right? That was pretty funky. Well, it, it, it would appear that yes is the answer. I, I love that. I don't really know that band, do you? Ramstein. No, but the name rings a bell, right? So, but I'm not really a metal person, so metal kind of passes me by. But I think were they that name? Were they the band? Did they win the Eurovision Song Contest or something? Are you thinking? Of, were they that band? Are you thinking of Box Fizz? No, they they weren't quite as heavy. Not quite as, as heavy now. Um, maybe. But were they not a band and they were dressed as like? Like big silver, like rope and big shoes. And, like, was that them? Like the front of a truck. Were they dressed like the front of a truck? Yeah, yeah that kind of, I'm going to ask John. Yeah. John. Yeah, so do you know that song? Do, do hast, do hast me. Do, do hast me. You know that song? I do now. No, but I love it. I love it. Oh, We've yeah, obviously hit, hit um, one of John's passions yeah, here. Yeah. So did yeah. they win the Eurovision Song Contest, John? Singing that oh, song. Oh, let me look. Let me look that up. Could you look that up just for a second? But that name. Because I've, that name. Is, yeah. What's it called? The Eurovision Sound Contest. Song. 
the Eurovision song. song. You don't know song. about that, John? Oh, we'll need to introduce oh, you. Oh, Eurovision's fantastic. We'll be we'll be watching that round at my house the next time that's yeah. on. But I, when I see the name written down, I feel like, oh, that must be quite a famous German band. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, look, I'm not seeing What's anything German from Rammstein. Maybe I'm thinking of another band, but I loved it, John. Yeah. I loved it. I like. I loved it, John. Yeah. And I liked the song that you sang. Please send us that. Do us a favor, John. Stick that on our Spotify, would you? You got. It. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> and it said, "Do do has to has me," which is you. You have. You have me. <laughs> yeah. What I think is, say, somebody. Dog. Yeah. Das ist mein Hund. <laughs> yeah, das ist sehr yeah. yeah. Yeah, mine own Norman Bobby. Yeah. Um, well, in terms of funk, on a level from Brahms to Prince, I'm gonna say that's um I'm gonna say that's Ziggy Stardust Funk. Oh, nicely done. Mm. I'm going I'm go if we're gonna go if we're gonna go rock, then I'm saying that's motorhead funk. Well, that's <laughs> all right, because we make fun whatever we want. That's true. To be. Yeah, that was great. Right. any music you like, we'll see if it's funky. Uh, this cheese is funky. It's a very thinly sliced piece of manchego. That that is so. That might be the thinnest slice of manchego I've ever seen. See if you put that into your Fuji camera, you could actually take a picture with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Rebecca, for sending in your suggestion. And if there's anyone out there that wants us to listen to a piece of music that they find special. I love the fact that Rebecca brought us a song that might not necessarily be thought of as generally being funky. A lot of people are sending us classically funky songs, but send us whatever you think is funky. Maybe you think Brahms is funky. Try and convince us. We love all that stuff. I love it. Fantastic, Dom. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed, I enjoyed this week. I'd like to have seen you in the studio so I could have gave you a little cuddle and a kiss and as to welcome you back from Costa Rica. Well, thanks. But this has been the next best thing. We've had some technical issues. None of it was uh, Johnny Clue's uh, fault. It was uh, mainly mine. Yeah. But um, we worked it all out, Tom. We, worked, we did well. We worked it all out and we've remained friends throughout it, which is the important thing. We'll see <laughs> We'll see next week if we can come into the studio. We're obviously just trying to be as diligent and responsible as possible in terms of where we all find ourselves. And with that in mind, I hope everyone out there that's watching and listening has had as healthy a Christmas as possible. We are all aware that maybe people out there didn't have their favorite ever Christmas this year as well as last year. But we send you a lot of love and we hope that uh, maybe next year we can all get back to a sense of normality. And in the meantime, just stay safe, stay healthy, hug the people you love. It's important. Lots of love from the Friendship Onion. Remember, whatever you want to see or hear on the show, it's up to you guys. So send us it in through. The Friendship Onion at castmedia.com. That's a cast with a K. Or you can send voicemails to us on speakpipe.com forward slash The Friendship Onion. He's absolutely true. And guys, we'll see you next week. Lots of love. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.